It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Jeff Mosher from the Inside the Birds podcast, letting you know that we are moving. We are going to be by ourselves on the Apple podcast platform. So make sure you sign up right now to continue getting Inside the Birds. Go to Apple Podcasts, search Inside the Birds podcast from Adam Kaplan and Jeff Mosher, and make sure you're a subscriber. For now, we'll still be part of Go Birds Network, but we are moving soon to Apple Podcasts and standing alone by ourselves. So make sure you go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the Inside the Birds podcast. Inside the Birds is back. What's going on, everybody? Adam Kaplan, Jeff Mosher here. Uh, another Inside the Birds. And listen, Adam, we have got great news from listeners. Uh, as you know, as many of our listeners know, that we are moving out to our own feed independently. And we're happy to say you can now find the Inside the Birds pod, Adam. Not just on Apple Podcasts, but also on Spotify, Buzzsprout, Google Play, and a couple of other of those. Uh, you got the Samsung, right, buddy? So you know, yeah, I have a Pixel. Like Acast and CastBox and things Acast like that. Acast we're not on. Oh, we're not on Acast. CastBox, yeah. which is arguably the biggest Android platform for podcasts Mm -hmm. we're on there i tested it i tested the google uh the the google podcasts were up there uh and obviously you could leave us if you're going apple you could leave us um a review we had a couple funny ones we appreciate all of them yes we had gonna get into one of those reviews uh i I, I, there's one i don't quite understand but anyway (laughs) it's all good we appreciate anyone's uh interest right so as adam said if you haven't yet please subscribe and please rate and review Inside the Birds. Tell other Eagles fans to do the same. We uh, love our listeners. We appreciate the feedback. Um, our, our pod last week was special and great for us because we got to do uh, answering listener questions for the entire pod. This pod today and the one next week, Adam, we are going to split and do a roster examination podcast. This week, we're going to focus on the offense. Next week, we're going to focus on the defense, and we're going to go through each position, answer some questions that you and I have, kind of go through the depth at each position, uh, and just basically talk about where the Eagles are as they head into training camp, which is going to be later this month. It is now July, and training that means we get to say 
training camp starts this month. How exciting is yeah, that? Yeah, I know. We're as we tape this. This is this is July first. So we started the new month. We're just under four weeks away, and I just thought it was a good time to start looking at the roster because the team's not going to make very much news, if at all. They may have one or two signings before camp starts, but that would be it. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we may mention, we certainly will mention some of the players potentially they could sign uh, when we get closer. But I, I think when you look at it, this is one of the best rosters they put together. Roseman became the GM in 2010. They're loaded. And I, I've studied this roster over the last week because I knew we were going to do this show. I don't know if they have a particular weakness because we're going to do offense today. I don't know if it's a particular weakness, but it's just injury questions, Jeff, when you look at it. Brandon Brooks has come off a significant injury. We know about Wentz in the back and how much time he's missed. Some guys are older. Jason Peters, we've been asked this question mm-hmm. when we do the Inside the Birds question segment a couple times. Could Peters finally stay healthy? Now, what I had said with Peters, it's not a question of can he. Last year, let's not forget, he was coming back from torn ACL. He was coming back from surgery. So naturally, there's, there's a rehab you could have setbacks. The issue with him is now, I don't think it's a question of playing. It's a question of can he actually stay in the game for the whole time, which you and I have talked about a lot. Right. But those are the type of questions. It's, it's not a, an ability. It's not a quality of roster issue anymore with the Eagles. It's guys coming back from injury. And how, how good is this roster comparatively to the rest of the league? It, yeah, and also a lot of people like to say how good is this roster compared to the 2017 team because that's the team that won the Super Bowl. And it's a really interesting question. It's an interesting conversation. And it's almost to me when I look at it, I, I from a talent perspective, think it's as good, if not better, but it's different. And we'll get into that. We'll, it, it's, it's certainly different. There are a lot of um, big differences in how that team was constructed compared to how this team is constructed. But whenever we obviously start with offense, I think we should start with the most important position in the entire sport, and that's quarterback. And by the way, I meant to get this just to your ex- hammer down your point on injuries being the biggest question for this team. I'm going to reread a text I got. I think I read it two episodes ago okay. when I asked somebody in the organization how they felt, someone who's very upfront with me, mm-hmm. how they felt about this team and its ability to compete. And it, he said, quote, injuries should be the only thing that doesn't allow this team its goals this year. That's that's a great thing to say because it, it it shows you how you've taken care of almost every single question on paper that you can. And now it's just, does everybody stay healthy and function? Right, because the front office can't coach injuries. They just have to, hopefully, the medical people do their job. They get The rehab is better because they had some issues last year. They did. At one point, they had 14 players on IR. We know the Darren Sproul situation with a hamster taking seemingly forever. That's something that's got to be better. It's something you and I will monitor as the season goes along. But I think from a macro perspective with their offense, if you look at the what we're projecting for the whole season, this is, if you compare it to 17 offensively, I think the talent level is better. Well, certainly at the first position we're going to look for, it's probably one of the few positions where you say it's not better. And that's quarterback, and that's Carson Wentz is the same. Right, Carson Wentz, we hope, is a little bit improved because he's now entering year four and you want to see him take a step of development in each of the first you know, few years of his career. We, can t- we, will, we will talk about Carson, but the bottom line is that after Carson Wentz, there is no more Nick Foles. He ain't walking through that tunnel, as they like to say. 
And when you look at the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, making it back to the playoffs, you cannot deny the impact of having a backup quarterback like Nick Foles had on the entire 53-man roster. It's, it's such a luxury. And unfortunately, it's a luxury they could only have for two years realistically. So when you look at the depth of this quarterback position compared to 2017 when they had Wentz, Nick Foles, and I guess Sudfeld was their third quarterback two years ago as well. But it's just not the same. It can't be. And that's why it's so incumbent upon Carson Wentz to be healthy or at least being the starter when it, December and January roll around. Yes, because as we, you know, obviously we're starting with quarterback here. The only quarter, backup quarterback they have on the roster who started a game is Cody Kessler. Yeah. Who started nine games. It's highly unlikely he'll be on the, the, the team in the regular season. So that's a problem. Not that you're, not that they're anticipating Wentz getting hurt, but based on the amount of time that Carson has missed. I mean, he's missed a lot of time. Um, you know, he, he missed five games last season, but that was, in the beginning, it was on purpose just because he was coming back from the, the knee injury. And obviously, he got hurt in week 13 of 17. So you get concerned about that. And it, for a team that has championship aspirations, you like to have a guy who's your backup who started. Now, it's not unprecedented. The, the, the Patriots went with Brian Hoyer as their backup to Brady. Uh, Hoyer, as I understand it, beat three quarters, quarterbacks out mm-hmm. when he was a rookie, and he was their backup. He was, he was an undrafted free agent. So it's not unprecedented, but it's very, very rare. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. I don't want to say we're burying the lead, but we've talked about Carson quite a lot. And we, you said it, I said it, we thought he looked very good in training camp. We know he's got a kind of a new physique that he's hoping is going to make him more flexible and stay healthy. But I have very little to discuss about Carson as far as how good I think he's going to be. Hopefully the coaching year two with Mike Rowe as the offense coordinator, um, his quarterback's coaches. Still press Taylor. Hopefully in year two, they can hammer down to him the importance of checking the ball down in certain situations um, when it's smart. He, he last year, I wouldn't quite call checking down. Now, his completion percentage was up by 9.4, which is crazy, Right, the jump. But if you watch the games closely, and I know talking for the Eagles about this, the big reason why they signed Deshaun Jackson or traded for him is clear. After Matt Collins and, of course, Mike Wallace got hurt, they had no downfield passing game. That's why they used Jordan Matthews on the outside. Right. Had to bring him back. And that's why they used Aguilar everywhere because they just didn't have anyone who could run. Right. Now you put Jackson back there, okay, who's still an elite deep threat, one of the two best in the league. And he looked great. He, you know, I know he's turning 33 in late this year, but he still looks great. You, you add all the, the talent. Goddard's going to be bigger. He's going to be bigger into the picture in terms of the passing game. Uh, Nelson's back as their slot. Jeffrey's back. Arcega Whiteside's there. Hollins will at some point contribute. In terms of passing targets, Wentz has got the most he's ever had. And by the way, in, tw- in 2017, had he not gotten hurt, very good chance he would have been the MVP. So I would argue he's got a real chance at the MVP this season if he plays 15 or 16 games. I would argue the same. I believe that you're correct on that. And I'm looking forward to seeing how he responds and staying healthy and what he's able to do with these pass-catching weapons. The question that I would have about this position is given that Nate Sudfeld has not really established himself, certainly nowhere near the level of Nick Foles, and given that Clayton Thorson is a rookie who's never played, and you mentioned Cody Kessler not going to be making the team, what I wonder is, I think ideally, pie in the sky, the Eagles were hoping that behind Carson Wentz, Nate Sudfeld's the backup, and Clayton Thorson shows enough promise early on in the spring and summer that you, you roster him, as your third quarterback, you'll never play him. He'll be inactive every week, but you build on that. I wonder, though, if what they see during training camp, if Nate 
and Clayton don't really stand out or distinguish themselves, if they will feel the need then to go with, try to go out and get a veteran who might get released at the end of camp. Now, I don't know if there's a team that has a surplus of quarterbacks, but there's always one or two surprise cuts, and sometimes it's a quarterback. And I'm sure that there's somebody who might, I don't want to say I'm sure, there could very possibly be someone cut who's better than Cody Kessler. Or is more, well, that that's, you. the question is, would, it be, would that guy be better than Nate Sudfeld? Well, no, I'm wondering, do you think, so you think it's impossible for them to be able to cut Clayson, Clayton Thorson at the end of camp and sneak him onto the practice squad? I think it would be very risky. I think they'd like to keep him. And under your scenario, have him inactive every week. Right. Teams more often than not don't dress three quarterbacks unless the starter has an injury or the right. backup has an injury. Now, we talk about this with running back all the time. You can cut these guys. You're not worried about losing them, even though fans get like Henry Josie's of the world. But you're right. Quarterbacks <laughs> yeah. Quarterbacks are a little bit different. Don't get me started on him. Yeah. Quarterbacks yeah. are a little different where if you cut one at the end of camp. But I'm assuming that if you're cutting Clayton Dorson at the end of camp, it's because he didn't have a very good preseason. Well, that would be it. Now, now here's the thing. Okay, so at quarterback, if the guy has good tape in the preseason, you're not going to cut him. Right. Because everyone has the, the teams have access to it. So you're not going to do that. Now, if they were to go into free agency, what's left? Here are the two guys. Brock Osweiler has extensive starting experience. He's not the most accurate guy. I know he could be annoying because he's very up and down. He, at times, he's very inaccurate, but he does have starting experience. Mm-hmm. The other guy, and to me, he looks shot, is Matt Castle, who was with the Lions last season. Right. Uh, Brandon Wheaton's out there. He's a much older quarterback. Who's Who is that? Say that again. Brandon Wheaton. Oh, he's still out there? Yeah, he's still out there. <laughs> yeah, Houston has not re-signed him. Uh, the, the, the journeyman like Josh Johnson, Mark Sanchez, forget about it. Nope, thanks. Uh, so, and Josh McCown, who who retired. I believe the Eagles might have talked to, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because he retired. He's at ESPN now. So you're you're really limited. And Jeff's right. You only you have two options. If you don't sign one, either the Osweiler uh, or someone like Castle, you, your other options are to make a trade. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. And then the other one is for if someone gets cut in late August. Right. And that 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 to me. You you have to you have to monitor and get a good good idea and and, and how in a pro staff will do that mm-hmm. they they kind of know who's on the outs by by reports that are out there and they're people that they know so we'll see what happens but I think Jeff's right I think there's it's it's a little risky it's a position the backup quarterback position has never been more important no that's why uh, that's why the backups now get paid seven or eight million dollars a year you could either argue the backup is for the Eagles has never been more important or the health of the starter has never Both. been more <laughs> important than in 2019 all right that's that so that's quarterback let's move on to what I always say is the second most important position on the uh, offense and that's the offensive line if not the most important position I, again there's a lot of um, you know we know that as long as healthy Jason Ta- Peters is your left tackle Right, and we know left guard is going to be Isaac Sayamalu. Your center is going to be Jason Kelsey. Your right guard is Brandon Brooks. Your right tackle is Lane Johnson. The only big question right now for the starting crew is, does Brandon Brooks make it back for week one? He's been sending out videos that make it look very encouraging. But I remember, what was that, like a year ago, somebody else was out sending videos of their workout, and then they still didn't make it to the start. It you wasn't Carson. Wa- remember yeah. Carson? Wa- oh, the throwing. Remember all the throwing Carson was yeah. showing? And, you know, he didn't start week one. So we got to be careful on what we're seeing in 20-second clips. It's good that Brooks is, is running right. uh, straight ahead, but what he has to do is get into practice and training camp at some point, and he's got to show that he could stop and start. Offensive linemen could typically come back earlier from injury because they're not running downfield. Mm-hmm. They're playing in a confined area. And they're moving from side to side. Sure, it bursts, but they're not running. He's still got to show he's be able to do his job. Um, I'm not willing to say he's going to be ready week one. Um, 
I just don't – we're not there yet. But like Jeff said, it's good to see that he's progressing. Uh, it's all about week one. It's not about July 15th. It only matters whether he's ready for week one and all the rehab that he goes through. And from what I've heard, he's not had any setbacks, so that's a good sign. That is a good sign. What, what interests me is I thought one of the best formations or one of the best plays for the Eagles in, in their Super Bowl year and even early last year a little bit was their outside zone, their stretch zone, right? And that entails usually either your center – Jason Kelsey especially, or one of your guards, kind of pulling out, kicking out to either the left side or the right side as a lead blocker and running a sweep. You saw last year, Jason Kelsey got hurt early. And he was, as he... First game of the year, actually. Yeah, as he said at the end of the year, he was battling numerous injuries throughout the year, right? And they started to rely more on inside zone as the season went on. They were more of an up-the-middle team than they were around the edges. And you see now, of course, they want to keep Jason Kelsey healthy, but now right, right guard Brandon Brooks, there's an issue there. And whoever fills in for him, whether it's Steph Wisniewski or Big V, these are not guys who have such great lateral quickness that they kick out to the outside and you want them as your lead blocker. So, And then you look at some of their moves in running back, right? Jordan Howard, very good inside the tackles runner. And Miles Sanders, who excelled at the inside zone at Penn State. It's one of their signature runs. He has all sorts of speed and athleticism. He can get to the outside, but he's also a very good inside runner. And I wonder if this is going to be, for a little while, um, a heavy, more of a, an inside running team than an outside running team. Might be, because Brooks is way more athletic than the other two guys. Now, I think if I had to place a bet, if for some reason Brooks isn't ready, or what, you, what I think most likely will happen, because they kind of know what Wisniewski is. Mm -hmm. He's a really competent backup guard center. He's just smaller. Now, Big V, uh, their plan in the offseason was to move him permanently to guard, as I, I believe that's the case. I know they say they're cross-training him. I still think it's more, hey, you know what? Brooks has come back from injury. He's, a, he's got really good size. Let's see if he can play guard, because we know he can play tackle. That, that's, you know, that, that's already been decided. Right. But the big issue is, for them, for the future, because I know we get a lot of questions of the future, What's the offensive line going to look like when Kelsey's done, Peters is done, and then Brooks, they have decisions to make on his contract as he gets older. Man, the, his what, cap balloons. Right, <laughs> right. So so I think they they really like Matt Pryor. They want to take a look at him, who really is so tall. He should be a tackle. Right. But he's strong enough to play guard. He's very, very strong physically. We mentioned Big V. Well, this comes... this this And then Dillard. Yeah, this dovetails into my next question or something that will wind up exploring normally the team key i think last year the team kept eight offensive linemen well, i believe they've done that two years year. they yeah. may have to do nine this we, year because be of, I, I, that's what i wanted to ask Good. you because if you look at the talent take your starting five right you got peters sam alu kelsey brooks and lane johnson that's five right there andre dillard is six he has to make yes. the team he's your first yes. round pick right yes. steph wisniewski is making the team they resigned him because they think they're going to maybe need him if brooks is out so that's seven right so even if they keep 10, that gives you three more spots. But you have Maialata, you have Pryor, you have Big v. Big v. That's 10. And you have one of those rookie free agents. So maybe they do keep 10. But to be honest with you, if they keep 10, that would be two more than they kept last year. And that means you have to take another area of your team, two areas maybe, and either scale back at one or the other or two in both. Right. So you always have to go skinny somewhere else. And, and, and coaches hate to do I don't know if they that. can afford to do that, to be honest with you. Yeah. So what it, what, if, they, if they keep 10, then they're going to go five at receiver, not six like last season. Mm -hmm. They'll go four, not five and at four running, running back. back maybe, yeah. Right, four, not five. Now, Sproles plays into that. We'll get to running back in a couple minutes. Uh huh. They will only go with four D tackles not five 
They may only go with four DNs. They may go only eight linemen, not nine or ten. Mm. D linemen, I'm I have a hard about. time thinking they're going to scale back on D linemen. But you know that- what? If you go, look, they're not, they love Matt Pryor. I just know privately, they think this kid, they think they got I this agree one, with right? You. Yeah. So, you know, you hate to walk away from guys. They got very lucky. Well, I wouldn't say lucky. They got it wrong on Pumphrey. Mm-hmm. But somehow he came back. <laughs> but you had talked about a couple minutes ago how running backs, one position, if you cut a guy, you might get lucky to bring back. Talented young offensive linemen are hard to sneak by. Someone will claim prior off waivers. He was a drafted player, by the way, sixth rounder last year. Mm-hmm. And he's a giant. Right. Who they, they are trying to convert to guard. And so far from what I've heard it, he's taken well to it because he's pretty strong. Yeah. So we'll see. But so just to it, repeat, it's a though, tough call. Dillard, Wisniewski, yep. Mayalata, Big V, Pryor. Those are five. five backups. I don't know who you get. I mean, maybe Pryor, you, you, you could sneak him through. You could try. They're not going to want to do that. I don't think they're keeping 10. I really don't. I don't know what's going to happen. I've talked about My the idea of maybe trade. I, th- I agree. I, I don't, I, I Big V imagine. is the one that I wonder about, yeah. especially since you have Wisniewski. Oh. I think training camp, though, I don't think they have the answer right now. I think training It'll camp will tell a story. Yeah, answer. it's a good point. Yeah. All right, but that's something to really watch so out So there's for. a lot going on here with the offensive line that we had. We, yeah. We'll get more into this. Jeff, Jeff and I are going to do a training camp preview the week of training camp. And we're going to go over every question because we'll have even more information. Because remember, teams are off right now. We're just taking an overview. And do remember, the state of offensive line play around the NFL is so bad that A, not only do the Eagles have a, a fantastic luxury, but B, there might be somebody that they like a big view or whatever. They might be able to pawn off and get more than sure. you would normally get. So the last get. year of his rookie deal anyway. Absolutely. All right. Um, let's move on to running back. We talked about a little bit about formationally what they can do inside zone. You know, Jordan Howard almost positive he's going to make the team miles sanders is the big question mark it's not that he's not going to make the team but i have felt for a while that him losing out on basically all of the mini camps was a real detriment to his development as a, as a rookie like people you know the running part that's not the question it's the pass pro concept it's the verbiage it's the ability to run the route as a as a pass catcher he was drafted to be a three down running back eventually that part of his process has been stunted. Unless he is the quickest of quick learners and just naturally adapts to it in training Look, camp. all he could get is mental reps. Right. Um, you know, he had a setback with a hamstring. Had he not had one, he would be on the field. Uh, I don't know where he's at. Uh, you, let's just assume he's going to be fine by training camp. We have to assume that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what kind of hamstring injury he has, but what grade hamstring. I don't know if it's both or it's one. I just know he had a setback. That's why he was, wasn't on the field because he was supposed to come back. Correct. They did then, not make it seem like he was going to miss right. all the camps. And then he had a setback, so he wasn't back. But that's a problem because he's a rookie. This is not a second-year player who went through an offseason. He's going to have to learn on the run. And they ha- even even though he's not going to be the man this season where he's going to be in a rotation, they want him to be the man in year two because Howard, I, I can't see a scenario where he comes back in 2020. I just don't see it. I see it. I see – okay, I see this year. Let's talk about that. Howard's a primary first to second down back. Mm-hmm. Sanders will be his backup. Clement will be the third back because he does everything. Then Smallwood, it'll be either Smallwood or Adams or Boston Scott, who you and I saw in OTAs. It was like, wow, this kid's interesting. Uh-huh. Boston could return. Right. So, so they're probably going to keep four. Yeah. So so I think I think it's very simple to make. Sanders is a changeup. If he's healthy and knows what he's doing, because pass pro is the most important thing for rookie to pick up. If he knows what he's doing by the end of August, he could start pushing Howard at some point during the season. Yeah, absolutely. But right now, he's, but he's so compl- far away it's from been, that. It's been made complicated because of his inability right. to get on the field in right. the spring. Now, we had a person who rated our podcast on Apple 
podcast and said that they loved it. It's great, but that we have some kind of obsession or fascination with Corey Clement. And he mentioned the fact that Corey came on our, our live podcast uh-huh. in Mayfair uh, a couple of months ago, and we had a great time with it. And he thought maybe there was a, a connection there. All no, I can say is if you go listen to our po- the Inside the Bird podcast during the football season, when the Eagles were really struggling offensively, you and I kept say- saying – it's there was this three or four week stretch where Corey was active and and seemingly healthy but not getting the ball and we kept saying this is a guy who without Jay Ajayi he's actually hurt right and with Josh Adams only able to run down the yes he had had the quad and then eventually became the knee with Dallas but without Jay Ajayi right and with Josh Adams really being a one cut downhill kind of runner we felt that they really missed his presence in the offense and not only that going into the year remember he's coming off a hundred yards in the Super Bowl. First rookie yeah, free agent ever. By the way, do he that. made one of the best catches of Super Bowl history, yeah. folks. We're mentioning the guy. I like he the guy's skill set. Yeah, it has not. We, he's Corey's a nice guy. It has nothing to do with it. We, you, you, someone who make a comment like that clearly doesn't know us. Yeah, we're just doing our job talking about how players fit. And when you talk about the running back position, he's got the most versatility of all of them. Right That's now, why we mentioned him. What do you Miles Sanders to? supposed to have by more, the way, but we have to see it. it by a, a small surprise, if Darren Sproles makes is on the team, and you know he he would like to come back with one of these three teams: mm-hmm. the Chargers, the Saints, or the Eagles. And we're talking about Darren Sproles a lot, folks. That's the way it works. You wow. talk about who's on the roster. It's it's amazing because you think maybe the Eagles should sign Darren Sproles, A, because they need that kind of guy, and B, because you don't want the Saints or the Chargers to get him. But what I would say with Sproles is, let's transition to him before yeah. we finish the run back position. He's an outlier. I don't care if they have 50 running backs on the roster. He is a clearly defined role. He's going to be a returner. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a, 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 he won't be the primary third down back. He'll be all involved in third down, and he's a changeup. Right. He's unlike anyone they have, so you have to talk about him because Doug Peterson's. I'll just say what he, repeat what he said. He said he'd love to have him back. Yeah, yeah. And Darren has been training to come back, but he hasn't made a final decision yet. The problem there, though, with Sproles, I can't see a scenario where he gets better than minim- the veteran minimum. Correct. He's just a limited player at this point. I agree. Uh, But I have written on my Patreon page, Adam, that if you put me in a scenario where I have to decide, I I already know my top three backs are Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, Corey Clement. And then I have to decide on my fourth back. Is it going to be one of Josh Adams, Boston Scott, Wendell Smallwood, or Donnell Pumphrey, right? Or my other choice is Darren Sproles, then I'm fine with cutting off the, all those guys and, I would and saying, keep give me Darren Sproles. I, I would keep Sproles he's because a maker. he's what Jeff just said. He does so much and he'll accept his role and he wants to win. Right. And it's just ironic that the three teams that he played for, he'd like to go back to one of them, are re- on paper looking like they could be a Super Bowl team. Right. And I think he'd, li- he'd like to have some sort of a role. I think, quite frankly, the Chargers would make the most sense. They could probably use him a little bit more than the Eagles. But mm-hmm. again, He's so different than anyone that they have. He certainly would have a role here if he wants one. Let's transition now to wide receiver slash tight end. Yeah. And the funny thing is, if a listener was going to accuse us of over-talking about a certain <laughs> player or having some kind of bias in that, or obsession, I would have thought they would have said Dallas Goddard because we probably talk about him on every I single I get it. Podcast. Look, look, it's fine to bring it up saying that, why are you talking about this guy so much? But no, no, I know. I'm not making No, but I'm saying for the listeners, uh-huh. I get why you might say that. Yeah. Like, for instance, on my, my fantasy show on Sirius, I'm – John Hanson and I must have talked about Carson Wentz for one segment, like the whole segment. <laughs> and I felt embarrassed by it. I'm like, God, why are we talking about this guy? Well, he's special. I think he's going to have over 40 touchdowns for, uh-huh. for fantasy. Uh-huh. Guess what? He had 33 in 13 and a half games. Yeah. So he's probably going to throw for over 40. That was two years ago. Yep. If you think the guy's special, why wouldn't you talk about him? Or if you think the guy is going to have a clearly defined role where he could really help the football team, 
Right. Okay, so if we talk about the guy for more than two minutes, is, is, is that a problem? Now, if we talk about Corey Clement for five minutes, then you, then you should just throw a pie at us. Or if we say he's going to be the team MVP right. in 2019. Well, that's Wentz's? I'm going to say second to Wentz. He'll be. <laughs> right. So, so, we're, so we're now on wide receiver. and Wide receiver slash tight end. Because I yeah. want that to, I oh, feel oh, like okay. tight end to okay. me is right. more – like we, you know, tight end to me is more interesting. You know, we've talked about the idea of it's not necessarily more 12 personnel because they played, I think, on 47% of their snaps last year. Top three. Top three. It's how they use. And I think the question we commonly get is, can Doug turn this offense into something resembling what New England once had when they had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez and they were a a two tight end offense? And I think, well... They're both good athletes, Ertz and Goddard. I don't know if they're the Aaron Hernandez who can carry the ball out of the H-back position type athlete, but they certainly can horizontally work the field, bang, bang, well, the bang. Middle, the middle and, like and, crazy. And yeah. enable a no-huddle offense more so than we've seen in the past. All right, so and it's funny. Ertz had said this, and I know what he meant. He said on Twitter, as soon as Jack, the Jackson trade happened, mm-hmm. he said, look at how people are going to cover me. And then I think he said... During OTAs, how people get, how they're going to cover us? Yeah, because if you go if you go twelve personnel, two tight ends, two receivers, and it's Ertz obviously and Goddard, and then it's Jackson and Jeffrey. How the hell are you going to cover these guys? Yeah, they're and all not talented. only that, right? When you do that, when you put two tight ends on the field at the same time, ninety percent of the time that defensive coordinator is going to put three linebackers on the field. His base defense, right? Oh yeah, because you're playing 12. right. So now you've got a slower. Most teams are in nickel with right. more corners. Now you've got a slower defense on the field, right? So as I've said before, when you do that, put your two tight ends on the field and put a guy like Clement or, or, or Sproles, someone who can catch the ball, Sanders, right? Run the ball first down. Get three, four yards, whatever, and then bang, go, go right into if, your no huddle, and then start to flex those guys. Hey, out. Jeff, <laughs> if you go Sanders, we're, we're assuming again, Sanders is healthy. He looks yeah. like they thought. Jackson running a nine route, okay? Mm-hmm. Jeffrey running a seven. And then Goddard in either, well, you, you could start him as what's called an F back. Mm-hmm. An F back is to the right, it could be the right of the running back. And then Ertz in the left slot. I don't know how you cover them. Jeff was just alluding to it, especially if they're going to play man defense, right? And even if they're even if they're a nickel, there's no you can't cover these. You can't cover all these guys just from a, a talent standpoint. It's just with Jack Jackson changes everything, right? You're going to have to have a safety over the top. You can't cover him one on one without safety help. That's the beauty of it. If you can run your no huddle, right? You run the ball first time, get three or four yards. Then all of a sudden you come right back out, same formation or same personnel. They're in man. They got a single safety deep because they know Deshaun Jackson's on the field. Well, now you've taken one safety and put him thir- three miles away. You run Deshaun down the field. You run from the slot, Goddard, maybe uh, one of the, you know, like a quick hitch, and that takes the coverage on that side of the field completely out. Then you just dump the ball off to Sanders, who ran the ball on first down, but now he just looped out as a wide receiver, and you just dump the ball to him, and he's got 20 yards of space to work with. Right. So, wide receiver right now, it's obviously Jeffrey, Jackson, Aguilar, Arcega, Whiteside. And then the fifth will be Hollins. He should be. Okay, he should be. Mm-hmm. The question is, do they keep – Hollins will be on the roster if he's healthy because of special teams. Right. Do they keep six? It's going to be hard if, if, like you and I said, if they're keeping four running backs and nine or ten linemen, I don't know how they keep six receivers. Do you think that anybody can push Mac Hollins for that spot? You know, they brought in Charles Robinson from the Vikings. Charles Johnson. Yeah. Uh, Charles Johnson, I'm sorry, from the Vikings and then was in the AAF. Uh, they, the kid, the rookie free agent they have who's Sony Michaels – Brother, Mark and yeah, Michael. Mark and Michelle, Mark and, yeah, who's I'm been sorry, in a couple Michelle. camps previously. Yeah, he had yeah. been in a couple camps. He had a good offseason. He had a very good yeah. – he's one of those, you know, he, Paul Turner, Russell Shepard, you <laughs> yeah. know, everybody's going to fall in love with him during, yeah. during training camp. 
Um, but can anybody really put I, I feel like those they have some decent names to try to make the team, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to push. Uh, I mean, Charles Robinson has a career. Um, Tra- Charles uh, Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. There was one time, I, I know Charles a little bit. Uh-huh. I've run into him. Actually, I ran into him at Ron Jaworski's event. There was a point with the Vikings, I thought he'd be their third receiver, but he had minor injuries. He also had a crazy situation where on his physical with the Browns many years ago, they, they discovered he had a torn ACL. They thought it was an MCL, but then when the MRI came back, it was a torn ACL. Jeez. He's also 30 years old now. He... He's he's recovered from the AAF in terms of being getting his stamina back because you know if you're going from AAF then to OTAs it's a lot. Right. He's got he's also six two, mm-hmm. but he's not this special teams player that Matt Collins is. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to come down to that. Right. Um, and then don't forget about Braxton Miller, who had a good off season, who's been with them now that, for two that's off seasons. The name I was trying to think of. Braxton Miller's good, got ability. See, like some and teams, Ward. some teams have this fifth wide receiver spot, and it's a bunch of rookie free agents yeah. or some some you know weird. I mean, these are guys who. Either like Braxton Miller was a third round pick, and the only reason he was forced out of Houston was because they drafted Kiki Kote. He's a slot receiver. He's a good one. So he, here's a guy who's versatile. He can throw the ball. He can catch the ball. And Greg Ward is another and one. Don't forget a Greg Ward. <laughs> I mean, this is incredible. Not only is it his third year, he spent 19 weeks on the Eagles practice squad through the playoffs uh, during their Super Bowl run on their practice squad. Mm-hmm. So they've invested a lot in this kid now. I just don't see a scenario. I know we've been asked this before, so we could address it. Now that Aguilar's on the roster, I don't see a scenario where they could trade him. Even if Braxton Miller Ward would push him for the slot job, and obviously they'd save a lot of cap space. A, they're not they're in great cap position. That doesn't matter. Right. Aguilar's a good player who also has a versatility to play outside. He has value. I just don't see a scenario unless a team offers him like a third or fourth round pick. Because mm-hmm. don't remember, he's making over $9 million. How are you going to take that salary? Mm-hmm. Because you gotta, if you're giving up a third round pick, yeah, you gotta have a lot of cap space. Yeah, and you gotta extend them. Maybe, maybe, in, take a lot. maybe he's a trade deadline guy. If I, I don't know if oh, some I mean of the wide October? receivers are doing so well. But and, again, he's a. Specific, but I wouldn't mess with the chemistry. He's a specific player. He plays a slot. Right. Is what we call a vertical slot. He has the ability to run from a from an inside standpoint to go deep or go intermediate more than 10 yards like a, a normal slot receiver. Right. But they're stacked. This is the most stacked they've been. Now, Jason Avant was a horizontal slot. He's more of a vertical Right, slot. correct. Yeah. Jason was strictly um, a, a short area guy. Yeah, 5 to 10 yard. Now, now we'll see on our Sega white side. I know we have a question with, with on the uh, our, our question segment yeah. about him. But they're very deep. If everybody's healthy, this is the deepest they've ever been. All right, let's put a bow on it. Um, biggest question marks for offense, backup quarterback, and really, who comes out of the, the the running back carousel? What's the one, two, three look like after camp involved with Miles Sanders and his injury, and how how much he can bridge the gap? Yeah, there's just questions. We know Richard Rodgers to finish off tight ends could be the third tight end. Will Ty? Yeah, you think Will Ty can press? Will Ty? I, I totally forgot. Catcher. I totally forgot he had this one really good year for the Giants. Yeah, all of Eli's tight ends. Have I mean, they're, 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 the thing that Roseman has got right, and I, I don't know where he got this. Maybe it was from Tom Heck, the late Tom Heckert, Banner, whoever. One of the things that Howie had missed on before 16 was get, making sure he had really good depth. Right. Because I think if you ask certain teams where, they fu- where teams fail, is typically you don't have depth at the right spots. The Eagles are pretty much deep everywhere except for linebacker. And quite frankly, with, team, with teams being in, only using two linebackers like the Eagles, it doesn't really matter. Right. I, I, I see the depth on offense being really good, and if they're, especially if they're healthy. So I'd say running back. The, the the roles I, I I still think Jordan Howard will be the primary first and second down back, but that doesn't mean that Sanders can't push him once he knows what he's doing if he's healthy. Because mm-hmm. Sanders is the Sanders is going to be the guy. He's got in the twenty twenty. 
Right. And Howard's on the final year of his deal, and the Eagles gave up next to nothing for Howard. They're not locked in for him being the guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't catch the ball very much, and when they did, it was almost by mistake or a check down. Yep. So Sanders is a very special talent, but he's only done it for one year. I know. I, I've People always expected me to be more praiseworthy of him because I went State. to Penn State right. and you went, but I also yeah. got to see the games against Ohio State and Michigan and some of the teams where he didn't perform well, and I'm probably more skeptical than I am as, as a person who's just a big Penn State fan and where, you know, has the blinders on. Uh, all right, so we, we – and then obviously with the offensive line, we talked about the depth there of having five good backups and wondering if all of them are going to make it. We've covered it all, yeah. Yeah, we've covered it all, yeah. the offense. So let's get into our Ask ITB section, segment. And, of course, if you want to ask us a question for any of our podcasts, just tweet at us. It's at Kaplan NFL, at Jeff Mosher NFL, and use the hashtag AskITB. We have really good questions, but some are about the defense, Adam. And since we're going to do defense, I'm going to save some of these questions good, good. for next week that are particularly asking about defense. So if you don't hear us answer your question, but it's about a defensive player or a defensive move, uh, it's very likely we'll get to it next week. So as far as this week's questions, let me get to uh, from Steve Gasky at Steve Gasky asks, what, who do you think will be the surprise player this season uh, on offense? Surprise hmm. player on offense. Hmm. I, mean, I dare just, you to say Corey Clement just to make a. <laughs> uh, I, I don't see. We just covered all this. I guess it wouldn't be a surprise if Goddard has a breakout year because we've kind of talked about the but, idea. Okay, of determine, using him okay more. explain breakout. What? How? What would? What? I don't what, think. He, yeah, I mean, there's so you can many get 50 weapons. catches. That's a lot. That would be a lot for a backup tight end. That would be. I would think 45 for 400 yards. That's actually what I gave him. Yards. 45. That's that, a that lot would be for a, number that would two. Be good. That would be good. So he's getting technically over three per game if he plays all sixteen. I'll give you. I'll give you mine all because right. I think it parlays into another question. So I'll just say the the guy's name here. Um, oh, herbicide herb for, uh, at herbicidal with the emergence of Goddard and drafting of Arthega Whiteside strengthening the red zone offense. Do you think they'll try for more two point conversions? One, I think that's situational. I don't think they're going to do it based on just personnel. Uh, I think it's more situational on the two point conversions, but. As far as Ortega Whiteside, I think that this is a guy who has a chance to be surprising in that right now you look at him and you say, how does he get on the field? Well, he gets on the field in red zone scenarios, and I can see him not having a ton of catches and yards, but having maybe four or five touchdowns because he was a red zone target. You want to think that in the red zone they're going to go with Ertz, Goddard, Alshon Jeffrey, and they'll probably take Aguilar and Deshaun off the field, and then you put Ortega Whiteside in there with his ability to make contested catches and back shoulder fades and his physicality. So I can see him having more touchdowns than you would normally expect for him. Yeah, I think as soon as the Eagles drafted, I went on Twitter and said, well, here, I think he'll help the red zone offense. I, I just don't see a scenario where he's going to take, he's going to push Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. I just don't see him playing a lot unless it's in the red zone. I, I, I don't see a scenario. And I agree with your assessment. It, it's not about going for more two-point conversions. It's, it's situational. What's the score in the game? Right. Doug talked about this. He, he, he or if he you was, get a penalty, maybe they, somebody jumps offsides. Well, and now it's they're really, a really closer. And right, not offsides. I mean, false. Uh, yeah, offsides, and then you get right. a little closer. I, I, I don't see it. I think that I think for the future, I think maybe in year three, maybe you see where Jeffrey's at physically, and he's, he'll be thirty. So mm. then you look at it. But right now, I think it's the situation with him. Right, um, Nick Atkins, our last one here at Eagles fifty two champs, uh, kind of wants us to talk about dispelling the notion that Doug really wants a committee. Uh, he, he hears that all the time, a running back committee. And he says, um, I feel like it was the situation and not his philosophical approach to the RB position. You and I agree with this. We've, we've talked about, we've talked this. about yeah. this all the time. Yeah. Most coaches want a three-down running back. I don't remember a coach. I've covered the league 20 years. I can't remember a coach saying, you know what? We want to go in with a committee despite how talented we are at running back. Right. They it, want an Alvin Kamara. They want a Todd Gurley. They want a t- – Well, they'd a, like to have a primary. Yeah. 
And their thinking is, Jeff, with taking a using a second round pick on Miles Sanders. I mean, I know had they drafted um, McCaffrey, and that was the guy I really strongly believe that they would have drafted in mm-hmm. 17, had oh, it yeah. would have worked out for him, he was going to be the three down back. Um, Sanders, they think, will be, in probably starting a year two if he, everything goes well. Right. But no team ever d- goes in thinking. It's just what they have. Now, for this season, Je- you know, Jeff, a couple minutes ago, we, we outlined this. We, we kind of told you the breakdown of what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see anyone... I just don't see Sanders taking over this season. I know for fantasy people want to know. If, if you're in a keeper league where you keep your players from year to year or what they call dynasty leagues where you keep everybody, mm-hmm. in keeper you only k- keep a couple, maybe like four or five. But Sanders is a guy for the future because he's so explosive. Howard can't do what he can do. Clement can't. Smallwood can't. Adams c- definitely can't. He's strictly a two-down back. Right. Boston Scott's just a little change-up for back of the roster. It's amazing how many one and two down backs and second and third down backs they have, but again, no real other than what Sanders could be a real three down back. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, that is going to do it for our roster examination uh, podcast on offense. Next week, of course, we will examine the defense and go through every, all the positions and talk about the same things on the defensive side in the football. Uh, thank all the questioners and listeners. And remember, you can find us inside the birds by itself on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Um, Spotify, Castbox, through the Android app, uh, Android app, and you know whatever you listen to, just check for Inside the Birds and see if it's there. And ask us on Twitter, we'll or you can ask us and send us any questions. Yeah. Hashtag Ask ITB. That'll do it for Inside the Birds, the leading podcast in Eagles Intel. We want to thank everybody again for listening, and thank you for flying with us inside the birds. <laughs>